more accessibility for local flowers. I hope that people are doing it also for the environment. I think there's a lot of awareness right now. I mean, I think it's it's been that way for a while. And I have florists reach out to me sometimes that are like, where are you ordering from? How do I do this? And they just don't know. Like there's no education or platform on like, how do you run a flower shop using seasonal flowers? Right. You know, so much of our industry is built on uh, recurring orders, standing orders and recipe designs. Like yeah. doing what we're doing is kind of crazy. And you're like breaking the <laughs> model for Yeah, like let's just go do our own thing. Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. This is episode 624. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown, fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. Well, for the past four weeks, we've featured return guests who originally appeared on the Slow Flowers podcast during the first four years of this show. These encore episodes have been part of our 10-year anniversary celebration of this award-winning podcast, which launched in 2013. From 2013 to 2021, the podcast was broadcast audio only, reaching hundreds of thousands of listeners around the globe as the first ever podcast devoted to the floral profession, flower farming, and floral design. We incorporated video episodes beginning in 2021, adding a new layer of content for both viewers and listeners. So today we're taking a a brief pause on our 10-year retrospective to bring you a fun video episode, a shop tour interview and floral design demonstration that I filmed on August 4th at STEMS Brooklyn. It had been many years since I visited STEMS and spent time with founder Susanna Cameron, and so much has changed since then. STEMS began life 10 years ago in the tiny foyer of a Brooklyn bar called Sycamore. Today, the flower shop is much larger. It's still in Brooklyn in the Bushwick neighborhood and is a spacious, light-filled destination for local flowers and houseplants where you can shop for gifts, vessels, art, and flowers by the STEM and where you can take a group workshop from Susanna or one of her team members. So let's jump right in and get started. I've included the interview portion of my visit as today's podcast episode. If you're interested in watching the tour of stems narrated by Susanna or her floral design demonstration, you'll want to visit our show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 624. I know you'll love this experience as much as I did. Susanna Cameron. 
Cameron, thank you so much for letting me come visit you here at Stems Brooklyn. I'm so happy to have you. It's such an honor. Forever. Since the, since the bar days. <laughs> okay, the bar days. Yes. So um, that was, you said you started the Stems 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Okay, yes. so tell everybody your origin story. Uh, and we'll fast forward to this beautiful city. Okay, so I started Stems in a bar called Sycamore. It's in yes. South Brooklyn. It's about an hour from here. And I worked for that flower shop. It was there, pre-existing to me. Okay, and so did it have a different little, name? had a different name, okay. and there was a little pop-up shop in the front, 99 square feet of just a little flower bar, grab-and-go bouquets for the neighborhood. Um, kind of, you know, weird situation how it came to be that they were looking to rent the space out. Um, and I was kind of in the right place at the right time and kind of got wind of it. And my friend really encouraged me, like, you should ask them about you opening a flower shop like I don't have any business experience I don't know how to do any of that really I was 22 I was a baby (laughs) um I was supposed to go back to college and get a degree I was like enrolled at Brooklyn College yeah my life was going in different directions wasn't sure where but something was your friend was encouraging you but there was something in your heart that was pulling you to oh I mean I got that nervous feeling that I get when I know I'm, I'm gonna do something but I haven't like I haven't made the decision, but I already know in my body, like, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was very, very nerve-wracking, to say the least. But I, I got up and going in about a month's time. It was really bare bones. Wow. It was just a small space. I had some cylinder vases and some shears, and I, like, went to the flower market and bought my $300 worth of flowers and opened my door. And that was sort of how that started. So basically, your startup assets were just your tiny checking account. And you just yes. had to pay yes. for flowers and then yes. sell more than yes. you spent every yes. day. Exactly. I had about $1,000 in my pocket. So I, I knew that if I got $300 worth of flowers, I'd probably make back 1000 to 1200 And then I just repeated that over and over again, week by week. I mean, seriously, it was like, that's how much, you know, when I'd be at the market and the guys would be like, oh, it's three fifty-seven, and I'd be like, whoa, I got to take something out. You were disciplined. I was very disciplined. Wow. I will say that of, of all the things I've gotten wrong, the, the one thing I've gotten right, a couple things, but one thing has been always marking things up appropriately and and running your numbers wow. and really keeping that and focus. Asked, and how did that happen? Did you just take, like, you just read a lot or took a accounting class? No, not that smart, no. <laughs> I think for me, I'm very practical and logical in that way. And I even as a little kid, I was always the kid that was, like, saving my money and, like, one time I saved my money to buy an American Girl doll, but then I didn't buy it because I was like, well, that's $110 I'm not going to have. Right. So I've always been very, mm-hmm. like, money-minded and always been a good saver. And I think that I, you know, baked cookies at my dad's office as a kid, and I would sell them. So you were entrepreneur. Yeah, I was from the beginning. I love that. And never put that together. I didn't understand that's what it was until I got into forestry. Yeah. Um, all those, yeah. skills All those skills followed you All those here. Skills. Totally. Um, that is really great. And when you were there at Sycamore, that's when I first learned about you. Yeah. Because Amy Stewart, yes. who wrote Flower Confidential, did an yes. event there. Yes. Right? It was sort of a cocktail hour. And I think there was industry people that were kind of all commuting, commuting together and like having a nice evening and talking about the book. And there was another, I think there was another book that was being 
what's the book that had it was like a green front with like gold leaf on oh, it? Oh, Amy's. Yeah, uh, Amy's. Wicked I think, Plants. Yes, and I think we were maybe selling that. In the it shop might have been Wicked it, Plants. Yeah, it was one of those yeah. books. Because she she called me right after that and she's you've got to meet this gal. You've got to <laughs> go to see what they're doing at Stims because I think even then you were trying to source locally or you have yeah. a sustainability um, sort of thread weaving through the business. Right? Yeah. I don't think I was in the beginning had the intention going into it. I was much more like I wanted to do designer's choice. I had worked with some farms and got with a farmer start right when I started um, and I was buying from Brooklyn Grange. There was a farmer there oh, Lily, who now has Vanish Point Farm. Um, and so I bought some local stuff in the beginning but I was still going to the farm market and I was very much of the mindset of like, if we use designer's choice as a, as a way to design, I'll use all my materials. I won't have any waste. Right. I never used flower foam right. from the very beginning. I never, I didn't really mess with anything that was dried or dyed, but that wasn't as much a thing when I started. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just more practical application in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna be an eco-conscious florist and like make all these choices. I think that came later. Right. But you hadn't put a name to it yet, but it was yes. just your ethos of not wasting. Yes. And trying to, you know, pay your bills and not have flowers to your floor. Yeah, I couldn't afford that because that, that was my income. That's how I was making money, and it was really important. And my mom's very frugal and good at, like, not wasting food, and I think I got <laughs> that from her. It was just being scrappy. There are no leftovers here. They're all hanging <laughs> in the ceiling. on the ceiling. When I think about that also... Um, you know, buying from farmers, mm-hmm. maybe that was something that was pretty early on that you were doing that. Yeah. There weren't a lot of connections between New York and Brooklyn florists and farmers out in Connecticut and the Hudson Valley, right? It was very difficult to yeah. get connected. And what was even harder at that point was getting the flowers because a lot of the farmers are farming on their on their properties and they didn't have a way to get to New York. We worked with a couple of farms that did make the trip down, and then eventually they got to the point where they were like, we can't do that. This is too much. Um, But the industry has changed so much in the last five years. I think the amount of flower farmers that we get approached by or that we are learning about, it seems like every year there's a dozen more. What is the most um, typical format that works for you? People who are large enough to be able to deliver, or are you you going out and Mm, picking things up? Mostly people deliver to us we do go pick up um for very rare exceptions maybe it's for a full service wedding where we need extra of something or we do pick up at the new jersey co-op we started doing that this year to get additional local flowers specifically for weddings right um still a bit of a commitment like yeah it's a big commitment yes yeah yeah so there's a lot of farmers that are coming to us and that is a bit of a a determining factor if we can work with someone yeah like what day are they delivering what products do they have you know we already work with some farmers so we're always being very conscientious of like sharing and i think that's a it's not as much of a competition thing nowadays and like i think everyone's aware that we're trying to support as many farms as possible and we have all different needs each week so hopefully i think we're able to support a lot of farms how did it uh how did the, the chip shift take place? What did you get kicked out of the bar? Or did you outgrow the bar? Did yeah. How did you end up here? We got kicked out of the bar overnight. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious? I must have seen uh, something on Instagram about that. Yeah, it was a really. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was hard. I had a six month old baby and I'm a single mom. And so I was doing that, having a child that was a baby. And then I got, I found out overnight that we were not allowed to come back to the bar because of the 
Department of Building oh, issue right. that came up out of kind of seemingly nowhere. This is pre-COVID. Ah, yeah, this was mm-hmm. this was back in 2017. Okay. So I actually had another shop in the works that was going to be another collab yoga studio shop. And so my intention was to have two spaces. Okay. I thought, great, I can make all this work. Uh, these two sort of hybrid shops. Because I was really too scared to like come to my own place and be paying five, six, seven thousand dollars in rent every month. Well, I you just, were going to piggyback on a yoga studio that yeah, you knew of yes, to Yeah, that we were going to open together. Um, but in the interim, there was like three months there where I moved to shop into my apartment. And I lived in a, a third floor walk-up. For anybody who's lived in New York or understands what a walk-up is. I mean, it's hard enough with a baby, we were, but with buckets of water and flowers, I don't I, know how you did it. I mean, I had an amazing team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, the team here is really what has supported me and my journey and our collective vision of like working with local flowers and being design oriented and I can't I couldn't do this without them. Oh wow. 100%. So I got you off your story. So you had this sort of interlude what because you were waiting for the yoga studio to open up? I was waiting up? for the yoga studio to open up. I thought well I'll just move the shop into my apartment. We'll do a couple of weddings on the books. I was like I'll just keep the website open. Maybe orders will come in. Yeah. And it was scary there for a second because I had some online orders, but at that time it was like three a day, two a day. It was not a lot. I didn't have a cooler to store things in. Um, And then I I had a couple of very loyal customers that came to my apartment door. Like, (laughs) can I pick up my thing? Oh, wow. Um, But yeah, it was a a really hard thing. But, you know, anybody who's been in business long enough knows that life still happens. Yeah. It certainly doesn't stop when you have business. And you, so. you're a smart woman and you figured it out. Yeah. Even though it wasn't yeah. your original path. It was not my original path at all. Um, but I think it was time for me to leave the bar. Looking back on it, I'd had a baby. I wasn't like in my early 20s, like partying and like enjoying the bar quite as much as I right. was you're at that like, point. Hey, at home. Yeah, I met these moms that also had a baby that was almost the same age and they were opening the yoga studio. So I got to be around a lot of other mothers. Yeah. And in a very, like, women-focused space. And I think that's actually really what I needed in that time. And I needed that support in that community. Yeah. And it got me kind of more in touch with my, like, feminine energy, if you will. <laughs> Love it. And it was a nurturing, tender place to be. And I think that was a really important part in my journey and my own identity as a woman and as a mother. And now, like, transitioning into this other role yeah. as a mom in my life. So yeah. I, think it was, I think it was okay. It was hard, but yeah. it was okay. So, Susanna, at some point you found this space and that kind of changed to the new game plan. Yeah. Yep. So we started working in the yoga studio. Again, we were doing all of our production in a basement. Oh, that's what you were talking about. Yes. And it was... I thought you meant the basement was at the bar and I couldn't remember We did work in that basement, too. So I went from one basement (laughs) where we were doing any of our production... Because the shop was so tiny. Yeah, it, was it was like a little foyer. I guess it was a foyer, yes. And then at the yoga studio, we had a little bit more space, 200 square feet, which again, once we put our display cooler in there, ate up yeah. a lot of the space. Yeah, this is 1400, so I can just imagine it was just a little, a little corner. Sort of just the front little area. Yeah. Uh, so we were working in the basement, and I, we went through like one summer and one winter there, and we had to keep the hatch on the street of New York open all the time because there was no internal door. So we had to go down there and we were working and it would be really hot in the summer and it was freezing. And I remember on Valentine's Day, we were all wearing our coats and our gloves and we were working. And I was like, I can't have people working like this. It's like 15 degrees outside (laughs) and it's maybe 30 down here. And it just wasn't okay. And we quickly grew in that neighborhood. We are in a 
in a neighborhood, quite frankly, that was more affluent than where I had started. And I think that STEMS really gained momentum in that moment. And our online order started picking up. I made a big investment in getting an online platform custom designed for us. And that was a big business shift. And I, I thought, you know what? We need a bigger space. I think it's just time. So, and that was another Brooklyn neighborhood, though, that you were in. Yeah, okay. so we kind of have been in three different neighborhoods, Okay. all moving to North Brooklyn, and we landed here. And part of the reason I looked in Bushwick is that a couple of my staff lived here at the time, and there was no boutique flower shop here wow. at that time. You had sort of done the market research. I looked everywhere. I was like, where does it, Where can I not step on someone's toes? I didn't want to... You're friends with all these other Yes, I don't want to, like you know, take up space where I don't need to take up space. And so when I came to Bushwick, I found this space and I needed production space because we were really doing a lot of weddings. And I was looking for a space that didn't have a basement, did not want a basement. Yeah. So amazing. These windows, the amount of, yeah. to be on a corner, to have the linear feet of yeah. windows that you have is mind blowing. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's really nice when people are walking up and down the street. You know, Bushwick is a super industrial neighborhood, as you can see. And I think it's nice to just have a little oasis here of green and flowers. And sometimes people just come in and look. What had been here before? Um, back a long time ago, I came to a thrift shop that was here. Really? Oh, um, so you knew the space. Ten years ago. That's I crazy. didn't put it together until I signed the lease. And I was like, oh my gosh, this used to be that thrift shop. But the building, I think, was purchased and then divided into spaces. Mm-hmm. And this just happens to be the corner spot. I love it. It's really great. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the fact that you located where some of your staff were and the neighborhood that you've done research, mm-hmm. that's just probably made it even just not easier for you, but easier for everybody else. Because mm-hmm. your staff yeah. has been with, some of your team members have been with you for Shannon's a while. Shannon's been with me for how many years? Five, six? Uh, five? Five years? Yeah. yeah Julia's been five. Yep. Shannon came in when we were on Vanderbilt with the yoga studio, and then Julia, who's not here right now, came in when we first came to this space. Okay. So, yeah, right. I've got two. And then Zara's still kicking around somewhere here and there, and she's been with me for six, seven, something like that. So how do you describe Stan's Brooklyn now? Is it uh, basically you're a full-service boutique yeah. flower shop? Or? I, I wish I had great language for that. Because I call us like an eco-conscious florist. I love it. And yeah. we are full-service. We do workshops here. We do full-service wedding design. We do retail florals and some, you know, home decor stuff. Um, but mostly, you know, our focus is always on seasonal local flowers. Yeah. No matter what we're doing, we're that's the focus. It, it always comes back to that and, you know, making sure we compost and recycle and we don't carry any dyed or bleached anything. So, um, And you're telling your customers this as you're educating them? Yeah. Or, we, and then some of it's on your website. Some of it's on our website. Um, and then, you know, if someone sends us like an inquiry for an arrangement and I can see that everything in it is like dyed and bleached, I mean, I'll like a Pinterest, yes, like the Pinterest pompous grass that's pink and glittery and I'll refer them to a florist that does that. Or, and I'll also sometimes take the opportunity to say, here's what we can make using the natural, you know, and, and we understand like, you know, if you want that go here and I, I'm like a big referral queen I'm like <laughs> I refer for all things so we have so many great florists in the city yeah. and everyone does something a little different yeah. and has their own unique approach and if I see a customer that I think is better served by someone else like I want them to be happy you it. know I want I people it. here that are like stoked about stems and what we're doing so and everybody wins in that scenario stems is the name you came up with right yeah. okay yeah. I love it it's great yeah. um it kind of also encompasses plants and mm-hmm. floral design, so yes. it sort of it defines a little bit broader 
Exactly, exactly. Thinking back on this past 10 years, is this your 10-year anniversary? We just had it in February. Oh my gosh, so thinking back on this wonderful decade of your career, Mm -hmm. uh, have you seen changes? Have you seen customers' uh, awareness change? Um, Obviously, you're prompting it a lot in Mm -hmm. conversation, but... What do, you, what do you think is better now than 10 years ago in terms of the industry? And yeah. maybe one of the challenges you still see. Yeah. I think what I've seen change from a customer perspective first is that more people are conscientious about where their flowers are coming from and do choose to shop here because they know that's a focus. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen that. That's a plus. Yeah, that's a huge plus. And it's taken years of cultivating that community and that language and putting that out for people to yeah. understand that's what we're doing. Yeah. That's part of it, and I think great design. Yes, you know, I'm gonna be sharp on that design. (laughs) You've got a very beautiful aesthetic that is, it's, it's, seems like it's garden inspired, but has a little bit of a edge to it. Yeah, a little upscale edge, upscale, edgy garden. That's a great way. Even in the palette, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you can do pastels really well. Yeah, we do pastels sometimes if people ask for it. Um, And I think everybody on my team can design up to our level of expectation and like I don't have anybody on the team that I'm like womp, womp, like they can't handle it or whatever everyone is trained and brought up to the same level so that if an order comes in I trust any of my team wow. to design it. I don't need to handhold them they can do it themselves like everyone can and can create and has a little bit of their own design aesthetic for sure um and then they also know sort of what the standards are yeah. and they can work with it and they'll be creative and we are essentially making one of a kind every single time right they have similar elements similar colors maybe but you know they're not using recipes they're made to order it's for that <laughs> for retail yeah. retail floor stores like how do you do that <laughs> well, that's crazy well just on that point i'm sure you've taught people also the part your pricing philosophy and like yeah. Yeah. how to cost and know what you're putting yeah. in the space and they, and they also get trained like mm-hmm. you're going to spend three to five days working in the studio with me and shannon training fundamentals of like design, here's how you do a hand tie spot spiral, here's how we build our arrangements. Like they're getting all the information. That's amazing. And then they get the pricing. So like they're they're doing both. And you're um, spot checking probably. Yeah, yeah. Of course we're always like quality checking and making sure we all, you know, keep our noses up. Um I think from things I've seen change in the in the industry is that I think more and more florists are leaning into locally sourced flowers. And I think Partly it's because there's more availability for that. There are wholesalers in the flower market that are even carrying local flowers yep, now. That's what I've noticed too. Which is awesome. Like they realize that's what florists are asking for. Yeah. And often because their customers are asking for that. Yes. And it's it's really scary for retail florists especially to transition or to even sprinkle it in. And I'm not a purist. I'm not. I, you'll see free spirit roses. And Crispedia and Ruscus almost anytime you walk into the shop. Okay. Like, we're always going to have yeah. those things. Because that's what we keep as our, like, fundamental that doesn't change throughout the year so that all the rest of it can change when mm-hmm. we have continuity. But you have some sort of basic yeah. go-to yes. of varieties. And it keeps some kind of aesthetic going throughout the whole year so that customers are receiving it and going, okay, I know that still stems. Oh, they yeah. don't know that, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, you know? I see. Um I think there's more accessibility for local flowers. I hope that people are doing it also for the environment. I think there's a lot of awareness right now. I mean, I think it's a, it's been that way for a while, but I, I hope that yeah. that's a focus too. And I, and I really think it is. I don't wonder, and I have florists reach out to me sometimes that are like, where are you ordering from? How do I do this? And they just don't know. Like there's yeah. no education or platform on like, how do you run a flower shop 
using seasonal flowers. Right. You know, so much of our industry is built on uh, recurring orders, standing orders, and recipe designs. Like, yeah. doing what we're doing is kind of crazy. And you're, like, breaking the <laughs> model for Yeah, like, of let's just go do our own thing. Um, and we're in New York, too. Like, that is a hindrance wow. in some ways. It's very challenging to run a business I here. I can't imagine that. It's yeah. insane. Just learning how to compost was a challenge because, like, the operations of it. Um, you had to kind of make a it, dumb make thing, but rules. like we had to make our own rules. You know, having a car here is challenging, or a vehicle for delivery, and just delivering. Like, just a lot of logistics. Everything's yeah. harder because there's just more people. Yeah. And buildings are weird to get into for deliveries. You're not delivering someone's front porch in the yeah. country. Like, yeah. But there's more people, so like that's pros and cons. Yeah, and you don't have a basement anymore, but you do have steps. We do have steps. We have three steps to get into here. <laughs> oh, that's not bad then, I guess. Not so bad. We don't have a basement to store all of our boxes in. But luckily, I'm not a perfectionist in the way where I'm like, no one can see. I'm like, no, this is just what a You've studio looks like. This yeah. is what we look like. This is what doing flowers looks like. And I always think that's so important. I mean, think about what you've accomplished. It's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's kind of little Susanna with her $300, oh my gosh. you know, pouch of money. Look what you've built. Yeah. I'm and all so those like, happy for you. thank you. All those like things I, I told myself, and I think for any florist where I, I would tell myself things like, oh, I'll never find somebody who's going to like work in the shop the way that I work in the shop. I'll never find someone that can design weddings the way that I do it. And the truth is like, you don't find someone that can do it the way you do. Like you'll probably find someone that's better at it yeah. than you. And, and to be open to that. And I think that the people in this business have made it what it is. Like I have a vision and I think my talent is like seeing potential in people. And I think they're hiring right. Hiring correctly is a big part of that. And like people's passion for flowers has to be at the forefront of that ultimately. And like their curiosity about great design and like what they want to do in their own careers. Yeah. And I, I hope that I'm always a place where people can learn fundamentals, can learn to take tools and then move on with their floral journey. You know, I don't, you know, that they can stay here. That's great. There's, there's career opportunities in some ways, but then, for other people, they want to, might want to do something totally different from yeah. what we're doing here. Because yeah. what we're doing is very specific, you know. Yeah. We're not yeah. doing fashion week. We're not doing flower oh. walls. We're not doing installations like certain florists. And, like, that's super fun. And yeah. there's space oh. for everyone right. in this field. Like This is know. this is a lane that you know very I'm well. I'm in my lane. I'm staying there. <laughs> right. wow. um, yeah. It's so great. Yeah. Well, if we have time, I'd love it if you would to do a little hand-tied demo. I would do you love that. Yeah, we're going to make our, like, $100 hand tie. That's really going to be 120. <laughs> um, but this is what, like, if someone ordered a hand tie on our website, this would be sort of the style and the size and the stem length of how we would send it out. So when we do our hand tie designs, we typically go through and process everything first. I'm going to compost all of that. So I'll just lay my flowers out here. Will you take these for you, or will you use them? I'm not going to use them. I'm going to put them in that compost bin right behind you. You know, and I'm just going to go through... Make sure everybody's looking pretty. So your um, hand tie, you said this is would have maybe be a little bit higher than a hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean if I counted it up, it's probably one hundred twenty-five. Because your markup, you're doing a we do we do four-time markup. Okay. Yeah, and for us, local flowers are not cheaper. I want to make sure everybody knows that here, especially in New York. I don't know what flower prices are like locally in other places, but for us, I would say like with the freight that we have to pay maybe the baseline is a little cheaper on the availability sheets but then with freight added in because we do get things delivered 
know, but well, then we're not going there and getting it. So, but you, I, you know, I also, I guess the way I sort of dialogued about that with people yeah. is there's very little waste with local flowers so that you're getting maybe a little more value mm -hmm. um, in that the, the spend per bucket or budge or, or whatever is everything's usable. I don't know if that's... What well, do you think, Shannon? Shannon buys a lot of our local yeah. flowers these days. Um, What's your experience? I would say that the I'm requesting way less credits when I'm working with local flowers mm -hmm. just because of the freshness and mm -hmm. the quality of so the air. So that's kind of a different like, way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Now, just tell me uh, quickly, this is the rose that you... That you this is our free spirit for. rose. Okay. This is the this in the Crispedia we have on standing order every week. We get two hundred free spirits and we get um, two hundred Crispedia every week, and we use them all. If we don't use them, we dry the Crispedia and put them on the dry bar. And the same with the roses. We do have a single variety rose bouquet on our website. We do have that. It's only this rose. <laughs> so when people call me like, do you have red roses, white roses? I'm like, we have free spirit. It's so, beautiful sunset colors. So, so why? You just love the palette. You love the size. It has a kind of a gardeny look to it. Um, I tried out a bunch of different roses getting started. In this flower, I feel like they hold up really well. They open beautifully. They have multiple colors in them. So they connect for a lot of different color palettes. And I feel like the fragrance of these is still there. Oh. So many of the standard roses have lost their fragrance completely, but I feel like this one still has fragrance. And like, if you really dig into the center and you pull it out, there's like still the yellow in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just the rose that I landed at okay. for okay. those reasons. And I, and I do think it lasts really well. Well, it pairs well with party. all this local product. Yeah, it pairs really nicely with the, with the colors that I tend to like, warm colors with a pop of cool. Okay. <laughs> That's, that's how it goes for us. Like um, so yeah, when I build, I typically will put in um, a base green and my my focal flowers first. And I don't I don't think too much when I'm putting things in in terms of like varieties. And kind of at the end is when I will zhuzh, move things around. Um, and, that, and everybody jokes at me. I do this. I like feed my hand through, which is kind of funny. I love the word, the idea though, that you're um, kind of doing it almost by muscle memory because yeah. if you overthink it, it it feels. I mean, that's that's something that Amy does talk about. Yeah. Feels, um, overwrought. Yeah, and you know when that and like Amy says in all of her content, it's like don't leave it in your hand too long. It hurts the flowers. You're gonna have a lot of uh, heat on them, and like they don't love that. Um, I really like the high-low, Susanna. That's yeah, we do like a, a, a V, we call it. So okay. it's like our kind of signature design. And what I want to see mostly is I want to see the base flowers, like the color there, clearly. I want to be able to see all the flowers and designs. I, I do kind of sacrifice free spirits down low. That's my base flower, and I'll put foliage down. And then all the special things should be up, looking around, doing their Imagine. thing. Yeah. yeah. And those are the ones that usually cost more, and those are the ones the customers should see. I want them to like appreciate and see all the little special details sure. in yeah. our bouquets. Um, and most of our designs, all of our hand ties are 360, as much as possible. Um, I say that because we used to do frontal facing designs, but we used to do what? the frontal facing mm -hmm. designs, and then after I took Amy's workshop, I, I pretty much stopped doing that. So the 360 is also kind of reads fuller and more 
maybe more expensive too. I think it does in some ways. And I think it looks nicer from, you know, I think about like, where's this bouquet going? Long term, it's gonna go to a vase someone has in their house. The hand ties are not sold with a vase from us. We have an option, but they're gonna put it in a vase that's probably not the right height, probably not the right size. Like it's gonna be, you know, too wide or something and the bouquet is gonna fall apart. So what we do is, um, I'm gonna rubber band off before I finish. Okay. And then my little Crispedia's here. I love it. How, so do you think there'll be a point when you have a refresh and you're like, okay, I'm done with the Crispedia and the Free Spirit Rose, I'm gonna- Everybody would probably my, love that. I'm gonna do my 2024 signature plan. Yes, you know we're getting ready to uh, launch our, our new a la carte website or page um, where we're doing um, just like an expansion on our a la cartes. And, you know, I, I'm open to all things. I'm open and curious, and maybe next year that will be on the docket. All right, we'll keep an eye out for it. That um, is so pretty. And then at the end, I'll come back, and I'll kind of pull things up if they got too far down low, and it gives you a chance to kind of judge and, like, make sure it looks nice in a picture. Oh, it looks great against that white wall. I also go through, and, like, usually my shortest stem, I'll cut it within another inch. You know, like, I want to I want to kind of meet everybody in the middle. Okay. And I want to, I know that I'm going to put EcoFresh on this when we send it out the door. So I want all the stems to, to fit in the EcoFresh and keep as much stem length as I can. In, We're case, not a, in case that client has a tall base. In case the client has a tall base. And I think that there's expectations from customers and they want some stem length, you know? Yeah. Everybody's coming at florals from their own perspective and their own lens. Um, and then we just do a farmer's tie. We keep all of our rubber bands from our processing, believe it or not. And I'm going to just tie off. And that's what's gonna go into the cooler, and then we wrap it before it goes out. Oh, it's charming. Be just like that. Oh, it's so yeah. full and colorful. Yeah, it's fine. I like the warmth with yeah. a pop of cool. So yeah. the cool comes from the the soft pink, maybe. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really grab any cools. I, <laughs> I tend to go when I make my own stuff. I, I really kind of go warm. I love it. What's the wrap? You said EcoFresh wrap. We do EcoFresh. Um, I can, do you want me to show you? Or do you want me, I can show you one that's like maybe getting wrapped up. But we do EcoFresh. Yeah. I do a bit of cellophane uh -huh. around it to keep the EcoFresh hydrated. And then I do brown tissue, brown paper, and twine. Yeah. I'd love to okay, see one. Cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. I can do it here if you okay. want to. Sure. Okay, yeah. here's our, <laughs> our setup. So when you send flowers, they need to make it there safely. They need to be hydrated. They need to be happy. They need to be protected. And all of this is to make sure that happens. And our drivers leave at 10.30 in the morning and don't get done driving until 4.30 or 5. And they're in a car. A car that stops, turns on, turns off. And, like, there's all of these things you have to think about. The bouquet has to make it to their door and look like it was just made for them. <laughs> but there's, so, like, 20 different... You know. We use a lot of missed things. We, we, we hydrate things. We miss things. Like, this is part of it, too. Before we wrap it up, we try to do a, a mist over all the flowers. They're going to go right into the EcoFresh wrap here. Oh, Shannon, will you grab me a, a, another rubber band? Yeah. Um, I have Our little idea. diaper. I love EcoFresh. I love that they're compostable. When the customers get a thank you. When they get the bouquet, it says, like, what's the little thing in the... And we tell them to compost it. So hopefully they do. Love it. So then this goes on here. But the cellophane is like part of the protection. It's mainly for the EcoFresh. Oh, we didn't okay. used to use it. We didn't use cellophane tied bouquets on our website years ago. But when we started doing that, because honestly, EcoFresh was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, the cellophane had to be part of it. 
EcoFresh used to come with this bag that was yeah. like compostable, and they didn't have them, so we were like, we gotta come up with our own thing. Thus, the cellophane was born, which it's not my favorite. It's not, um, it's biodegradable, but it's not recyclable. Right. So there's that. You know, we have our little peaks here, and I am measuring it where I want the flower peaks to match the tallest in the in the bouquet. And we do a wrap this way and a wrap this way. And uh, we leave the EcoFresh showing. We leave it showing. Um, yeah, it kind of educates the customer again. It educates them. It lets them know they're in something. Maybe they get home and they're like, oh, no, this bouquet that was left by my door has been out of water all day. And they'll see it. And then you have the stems. We have our little sticker. So here, here she all wrapped up. Oh, pretty. Yeah. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful. This has been so much fun. Oh my gosh, so much fun. So exciting to like reconnect and see you again after all these years and all the changes. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. We need more of this in the world. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can watch the replay video for episode 624 in our show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com and view photos of some of STEM's beautiful event design work and also find links and more details about this inspiring Slow Flowers member. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Red Twig Farms. Based in Johnstown, Ohio, Red Twig Farms is a family-owned farm specializing in peonies, daffodils, tulips, and branches, a popular peony bouquet by mail program, and their Spread the Hope campaign where customers purchase 10 tulip stems for essential workers and others in their community. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. And thank you to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. I love all this floral goodness and I'm so happy you joined me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than one million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one base at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.